Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. Today, we are going to be doing the third of our three potential Game of the Year shows. And this one is going to be about the thing known as Skyrim. Open Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, Skyrim, uh, I'm actually thinking about starting a support group for uh, people who are become addicted to the game. I mean, I uh, literally have been talking to some gamers who... You know, we have been written in and so forth. Some people that work with Jin and just some people I know, and they're like, uh, I know one guy who said that Skyrim was ruining his life. You know, he was going to get, he <laughs> might get fired from his job and stuff because he just hasn't shown up in two weeks because all he's been doing is playing the game. So I think. Wow, two weeks and he's not already fired? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nate would have fired him already. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Nate would have probably tried to get him in a program if it was video. Okay, I would have fired him already. We, we have, we have some. <laughs> experience with video game addiction um so <laughs> we know how to treat it um joining me in the lounge today are three people who have been playing skyrim uh pretty much i won't say non-stop but every chance you guys get uh and that is uh todd um uh, greg crow and uh marie so uh welcome to to the lounge you guys Thanks. <laughs> so, so, so Skyrim. It seems like because I mean, some of you have been here with other shows. Um, Todd, you were here uh, for the Batman show and for the Modern Warfare show. Um, and I think of the games, and of course, the way that we do Game of the Year, anything can happen. I mean, any any game can win because we let the readers vote. Basically, every everybody who subscribes to the Gin newsletter, uh, which you can subscribe to by going to GameIndustry.com and clicking on subscribe right now, and you can join up, and then you can vote on the Game of the Year. Uh, but everybody gets a vote. So all of us here on the show today, we get a vote because we're all subscribers. But there's, you know, 60,000 other people that get a much bigger voice than us. So, yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't account for too many electoral votes. So anything can win, but we kind of think that the the top the front runners are probably going to be um, Batman Arkham City, um, the uh, Modern Warfare Three, and of course Skyrim. But Todd, the interesting thing is of the three, I think that it seems to me just just judging from the people playing, it seems like Skyrim seems to have the most influence, the most sort of staying power. As far as when people start playing it, they don't they don't really stop. Is is that your experience, Todd? Uh, considering I'm nearly 40 hours into it, and I haven't touched anything else lately, I haven't even had time to write reviews or comments. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well, that's good. Um, now, Greg, you have been um, you've been actually doing um, you have been doing all kinds of uh, Bethesda games lately. You you've looked at you sort of came in late to uh, Fallout and uh, Fallout New Vegas. How does Skyrim compare to those type of games? Just on first impressions. Well, I mean, it's it's the same kind of sandbox that we're used to from Bethesda Softworks, um, but I, um, I I I do think I do think the the quest structure is a little is a little nicer to deal with in this than it was than than, than both Fallout and Fallout New Vegas was. Um, I, I I think keeping track of your quests and finding out where you're supposed to go for them and, and stuff is a lot is definitely a lot easier. But it, it has that has that Bethesda Softworks you know sandbox you know feel and of course it's just as beautiful to look at. Well, okay, more because it's not a post-apocalyptic holocaust, <laughs> but 
<laughs> it, it, it's still it's still a very beautiful game to look mm-hmm. at, and th- those are the two things you expect. It, you know, a, a nice sandbox and, and a really nice looking game. Yeah, I think um, I think, and I was talking to Marie about this earlier. Um, I think that in in terms of beauty, because because Skyrim is kind of as far as the way where it fits within the Bethesda world, with within the Elder Scrolls world, Skyrim's kind of a rugged place. I mean, it's not a desert, but there are places that kind of look like a desert, you know, because it's okay. it's like tundra. So I think as far as in terms of raw beauty, I think it falls somewhere in between, just because of the landscape, I think it falls somewhere in between, say, Fallout and Oblivion, because Oblivion was kind of like walking through a storybook. And, and Marie, you were you were hooked on Oblivion because of those those beautiful graphics i mean are you are you at all disappointed by the by the the skyrim not not being quite as colorful not being quite as amazingly good looking you know i i wouldn't say i was disappointed by it it is not as pretty just flat out beautiful as you know cyrodiil is as as far as that goes but it's got its own charms and it's um you know, the weather is such a part of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was weather in Oblivion, but it wasn't um, – it didn't have this kind of impact. I mean, there, there are times when it's, it's, it's snowing so hard, it's like real life, you can't see. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is that um, there are some beautiful – like sometimes when you go into caves and there are some really beautiful green spaces. They're just not necessarily outside. Mm-hmm. Oddly, <laughs> um, and the the uh, mountains are making me crazy though because you're trying to get somewhere. And, you, know, uh, you, uh, yeah. you can do a point to point hike. Not so much in Skyrim. <laughs> you got to figure out how to get over the mountain to get to where you're going. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in Oblivion they had it so that uh, the how steep an angle you could climb was based on one of your attributes. I think it was um, your acrobatic score or something like that. So if something like if, that, if yeah. you had a really high score, you could go up not not 90 degree slopes, but you could go up pretty high. I don't know if they did that in this one. It seems like a lot of places are hard to get to. I mean, I and I'm kind good at it like i find a little crack and i'm like okay i think i can sneak in there and then make a jump to here and i kind of climb up of course my companions ne- oh, yeah. never are able to follow me when i do that uh. well yeah and then it takes like 20 years for them to get around the mountain <laughs> back to you. Uh, yeah but yeah i think i think i agree with you on the be- on the beauty i i I mean, you know, I didn't have a problem with the Fallout world. I, I liked the desert and the way that. See, I could get past it. <laughs> it just was so. I hate that post-apocalyptic gloom. It just made me. It was such a downer to play that game. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I like the way Skyrim looks. I think they went for realism, and I think, I think for me, the most impressive thing is the water effects. I mean, the water is absolutely gorgeous, and the way that it mm-hmm. works and it moves, I mean, you know, it's it's just apps. And, and I play an Argonian specifically because I like the water breathing, and, and you know, if I see a, if I see a pond of water and there's, it's more than three feet deep, I'm diving in, <laughs> going under. So, <laughs> I, always, I always tell my companion, wait here, I'm going for a swim. <laughs> and I jump in. But, interesting thing, and I just realized this, because Greg was kind of talking about the 
the controls is that the three of you are all playing Skyrim on different platforms. Uh, Todd, you're you're playing on the 360. Uh, Greg, you're playing on the PC, and Marie, mm-hmm. you're playing on the uh, the PS3. And it was interesting to hear Greg say that the controls on the PC were really good because I think most of the complaints that I've heard from people control-wise came from the PC side. And um, so, but if if I I mean I sometimes because I play on the PC too, and I sometimes forget like okay the quick key is control you know and i'll hit tab or something and like no okay that's not it but it- uh, i i do have that problem every once in a while i go i i think i'm moving forward and i end up hitting favorites or something because they, they're all clustered together in the one thing and then you try to remember what you're doing and if you don't look specifically at the keyboard you're 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 probably going to hit the wrong key and do something stupid. The, the one good thing is that it, it does pause at least. Whether you hit tab or whether you hit control, the game will pause. So it's not like it's not like you're fumbling for your bow and you hit the wrong key and then you're going to die because you're trying to remember what key to hit. The game pauses, so then you can go, oh crap, I meant to hit this key, and then you can kind of switch right. out. Yeah. Now, Todd, you on the on the Xbox, and I I assume you're just using what are you just using like the hat keys, right, to to bring up stuff. It, it's probably a lot easier. Easier, though. Well, it's basically the D-pad. Right. All you gotta do is just hit up on the um, on the D-pad to get the quick menu to select your favorites. And it also pauses for you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It works out pretty well because I remember before with uh, Oblivion, I used to have to juggle controls around. Mm-hmm. It would with hotkey and all my spells, which I really didn't like compared to this. I prefer going through the menu. Mm-hmm. It's do easier too. to do. Also, it be able to select for weapons and um, shields. Mm-hmm. Now you can mm-hmm. actually designate them for each hand to set whichever trigger you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, works out pretty well. Works out pretty well on here. So you can set up a group and say, "I want my dwarven longsword and my elven shield together." Well, not really group it. You do each of the items individually. Mm-hmm. But it works out pretty well. Okay, well that, well that's good. Now in terms of um, now one of the one of the pre criticisms because there's not a lot of post criticisms, but one of the pre criticisms before the game came out was that Skyrim was just going to be Oblivion with you know with with dual weapons and, and dragons added in. And Marie, what what do you think about that? Now you I know you played Oblivion for almost probably as many hours as me, maybe even maybe even more. I I played more than you. Did. <laughs> I'm embarrassed at how many hours I spent in Oblivion. It was a well-named game. Well, all those uh, all those uh, cartoons that uh, Nate and Aaliyah have been doing on Sunday have been making fun of me because I've played for 800 hours. But maybe they should be making fun of you if you were actually going going more than that. But having played so much into in Oblivion, and then I know you're the highest level of all four of us in Skyrim so far. Um, what what do you what do you think? I mean, were you what what do you think about the differences between the two games? Do you see a distinct difference? Um, you know, honestly, aside from the features that Todd just said that are, you know, it's better. Um, I was one of the people that when they said it was, you know, Oblivion with, you know, dual casting and, and uh, I, I thought that was great. And dragons, come on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Plus all the other stuff you can be that people complained that you couldn't be in Oblivion that were in previous games like Morrowind. And I mean, this uh, I think is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, and it does have its share of occasional funny glitches. But for the most part, yeah, I was I was thrilled with the the pre-game so-called complaints. <laughs> I was like, that's fantastic. OK, <laughs> I do have one question to ask, though, for talking about complaints. What is what every time you start on Elder Scrolls game, why are you always a prisoner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was answered that in an interview. 
you were jailed in, in oblivion, and now you're on a prison carriage in Skyrim. Yeah. Yep. You Morrowind, too. It, I think it's in all yes, of them. Yes, I said that. Cause was, Todd Howard actually answered there. that in an interview. Oh, what did he say? Do you remember? He Basically, he wants it so that when you start the game, you immediately – basically, it allows the player to fill in the story. So in my head, every time I start one of these games, I'm innocent. Mm. I'm falsely accused. But, you know, like John, you, for instance, always play the Argonian, usually or thief. Maybe you're guilty, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's this opportunity immediately for adventure and either redemption or good luck. You know, I mean, it's I think it's well, I know because he said so. Um, it's done intentionally to allow the player's imagination to create a backstory for their own character. No, no that does make sense. In fact, uh, when I first started playing, I I played the intro, and then I really and I made I sort of made my character, but I ended up not going with the character I made. I made another one, but I sort of um, I didn't play the game for like two days after that because during that time I was actually working out the backstory of my character until I knew what I wanted to play. And now, in my mind anyway, I'm playing the great great grandson of Mude, who was the Argonian from 200 years ago in Oblivion, who became the world's greatest assassin, and he came to Skyrim because he wanted to find um, the Assassin's Guild and follow in his great great grandfather's footsteps. So so yes, you you can do that. And I know a lot of people that in Oblivion did that as soon as they got out of the sewer and they were, you know, immersed in the Oblivion world, they would stand there for a long time and just try to figure out, okay, why am I here? What is my motivation? And sort of play their characters that way. I mean, that that's kind of a role-playing thing. And, and Greg, well, I No, oh, go ahead, Marie. I think that's one of the great things about these games is that really they offer something for everyone. I mean, as a woman, <laughs> I love um, the collecting, the decorating, the house stuff, decorating my – and I love the companions. I can play dress up with them. Um, I don't like that I can't see my character that well. In Oblivion, when you changed your character's armor and stuff, you saw them, Mm -hmm. like in the pause screen. that's true. True. And you don't – and I miss that, actually. So to to get past that, I'm always, like, changing armor and stuff on my companions. But, you know, it, the idea that I can have as much fun doing that as going through dungeons and killing giant bugs and, and you know, it's just – it's it's such an all-encompassing fun kind of thing. And if you're, a, if you're an old-school role-playing game gamer – then that backstory and filling in all that stuff, those opportunities are totally there for you in this game. You know, you can role play with food. You know, you can stop and eat every so many hours. I mean, a lot of people play these games as role play, but you don't have to if you don't want to. No, I, I do too. I always I always go, oh, my guy's getting hungry now. I'll, I'll eat a tomato. <laughs> and then I made tomato soup the other night, and I was so happy that I finally found leeks because that was the missing ingredient in the tomato soup. So I'm like, <laughs> right. yes, I can make tomato soup now. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, but you don't have to. I mean, you can just walk around and do stuff. But, yeah, I had a good time. I mean, I don't know if, if it's because you're a woman, but, I mean, I had a great time decorating my house, and I, was, I went out and tried to find the exact right weapons to put in the weapons rack in my new home because I wanted to look cool, you know. So. Well, it's not so much that I'm a woman. It's just often I find as a, as as a female gaming that those opportunities are 
often left out of other games. Right. Not that men don't enjoy them, too, because I know a lot of guys who spend a lot of time, you know, picking out their weapons and putting them up on the walls and all that stuff. You're absolutely right. But I just find that that component for men and women is often left out of other games. And I'm always ticked off if I play a game and I can't collect. Mm. Yeah, Greg, you kind of did that. I think you were doing that with uh, with alchemy. You were trying to figure out the alchemy system, right? I mean, you. Uh, yeah, I, every time I get, I just I just harvest everything I can find, and then go to the alchemy table and just experiment. <laughs> and it, it, and it is really cool because whenever you whenever you make uh, combine two things that don't work, then the next time you select one of those two things, the second one of those two things will be grayed out so that you won't pick it again. Oh, I didn't know that. Very nice. Yeah, it is very well done. Hmm. And then, yeah, I really and like I, the I have like I have like about twenty recipes that I got just from going to the table and combining stuff at random. Yeah, I, I went by your desk the other day and I saw all your notes, your alchemy notes. You were like, "This plus this <laughs> equals this." <laughs> well, yeah. Then I realized I didn't have to because the system is good enough that it, you know, because it keeps it essentially keeps notes for you by graying out missed, you know, stuff that doesn't work with each other. Right. So I I I, I stopped making notes actually. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I only made notes at the at first because I thought I would have to, but then 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 I stopped making them. So, okay. it, so bravo there, Beth. Song. <laughs> hey, yeah, cause yeah I, I was big on the alchemy too, and I have to say it's it's better than it was in Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Todd, what were you going to say? Before, I've never even bothered messing with alchemy. <laughs> I, I just ate stuff and noticed all the uh, different effects it did, <laughs> and that was it. I never really got into that. I never really got into creating weapons. I've I've gotten to repairing them a lot, which really got on my nerves and oblivion. I'm glad you don't have to repair That's, stuff this time. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. That's the best yeah. thing to do. I hate Although carrying. I never enchanted in Oblivion anything, and I've done several pieces in Skyrim because it's so much better. The enchanting system is so much better. Mm. So yes. Sure yeah, the 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 whole uh, everything I've done with crafting so far, I haven't done any cooking, but I imagine it's similar to alchemy. Um it, 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 yeah, definitely. Every every crafting system is improved over Oblivion uh, by at least a degree. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys. Well, I want to ask I want to ask you guys about crafting, um, but I wanted to ask Todd a specific question because I know Todd. Todd, you are sort of um, in a sense out of the out of the four of us. You're kind of the odd man out because you are a really like an action gamer, and you don't generally like role playing games. So what is it about Skyrim that has you so enchanted? Which is is it's kind of like outside of your general uh, zone of games that you like to play. Well, one of the things I mean, compared to other role playing games, is you actually have more sense of a control over your character. And before it used to just be like menus. Mm-hmm. And you're you're restricted by those. I mean, to a lesser extent, you are restricted to your stats in, in games like Skyrim, but at least you're able to move whenever you get a chance. You're not stuck there waiting for your att- turn to attack. Oh, right, because yeah, it's in real time. It's done in real time, so it is more action-oriented for somebody like you. It fits perfectly because, um, like I said, you know my history of Final Fantasy and <laughs> trying to wait for my guy to do an attack, only to see my just going to launch you like five or six spells in a row and then kill me instantly. <laughs> Don't have that here. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, case point, I'm facing a frost dragon a few minutes ago, and I'm, a, I'm actually able to move underneath a building so I don't get attacked. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. I, yeah. How often can you do that with 
with other RPGs. Yeah, using the terrain is pretty cool. I, I hid from a frost, one of those frost spiders one time by running into his shack because I knew it couldn't fit through the door. It's <laughs> <laughs> like running from a Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was pissed, but he was outside, and I was like, "Okay, you wait there. I'll be with you in a minute." <laughs> I mean, Have you guys dealt with up. those uh, dwarven machines? I, yeah. I haven't seen one yet. No. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of Daleks, if you need to get away, stairs are your friend. Oh, they can't go. Okay, <laughs> good to know. I know that there was one cave I went to. It didn't have those, but um, it had a boss character. But the passageway between his chamber. And where I was was nothing but fire traps. Mm. <laughs> so I just stood in the corner and let him run towards me. He actually triggered the fire trap and killed himself. <laughs> was that a uh, was that a vampire uh, boss? I'm not sure. Because there was a vampire boss that I killed that way, but what I did was I took – and this just shows you how flexible the game is. There was a, a, a fire trap that stayed on, one of those ones that it, it turns on and it stays on for like a minute or two. You know, It's just a jet of flame, and it wasn't powerful enough to kill the vampire because he was a vampire lord. So what I did was I put a potion of weakness to fire onto my arrow, and I shot him with it so that he became weak to fire, and then when he ran through the trap, he died <laughs> so ah, nice. yeah i mean it's, it's just so much that you can do with the game that, that that's pretty impressive but i was going to ask you about the different skills what kind of what kind of characters you're doing because the one thing that's somewhat disappointing to me is that i find that i need to spend my perks in things that i'm using all the time like archery and light armor and sneak and i i find i'm missing stuff like i want i want to get to the point where I can craft magic armor and stuff like that, but I just there's no way I'm going to be able to put enough enough uh, perks into it. So, I mean, what, what kind of skills are you using, Todd, in, in the game that you're, you're putting your perks in, and do you think that you'll be able to eventually have a character that has everything that you want? Uh, I don't think it's going to happen as far as uh, getting everything, considering you got nearly 200 perks in the game. Mm. But most of mine have been going towards one-handed. I'm actually looking at my stats right now. Mm-hmm. My highest is... Uh, What's called Savage Strike, which allows a chance to take off an, an enemy's head. Oh, no way. Slash. <laughs> I mean, the bright side only requires a one-handed skill of 50, and I actually have it at 80 right now. Oh, wow. Okay. But cool. I, did, I agree with you. I wanted to get to smithing because I want dragon armor. Because, mm. <laughs> I mean, I got enough dragon scales and bones for it. But to do it, you need to have a skill level of 100 oh. for smithing. Wow. Well. My smithing's only a forty-one. Yeah. What, what about what about you, Greg? What kind of what kind of skills is your character using? And do you think that you'll be able to eventually have a character that has everything that you want? Well, uh, again, no, probably not, because there are just too many options. But um, which is a good thing because that allows everybody to be a different character. My character is a, is pretty much a generalist. I'm I'm I have. Any skill that I use relatively re- uh, often, I have at least the first uh, dot in. And, um, you know, I've concentrated on a few things like archery and, and um, lock picking and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I have at least two dots in destruction. I have a dot over there in smithing, and I have a dot, you know. And, and you know, it allows me to be a generalist, so at least I'm going to be somewhat decent at, you know, 
the the things I don't do all that often. Yeah, I would say for advice for people who are listening and thinking about putting together a character, no matter what kind of character you are, I would say you really want to put points into locks, lock picking because there's a lot of content behind locked doors in this mm, game. Yes. <laughs> a lot of content. Marie, what about you? What, what kind of uh, what kind of character are you building? And um, do you do you think that uh, the the skill tree and everything is is going to be adequate to uh, to your needs? Yeah, you know, it's I I kind of I'm like Greg. I, the things that I use even a little bit, I have the first perk in. Okay. Um, and then stuff that I use regularly, I'm more of like in destruction magic. I'm more advanced in um, one-handed combat. I'm more advanced in, although not as advanced apparently as Todd. Um, but you know, that's the kind of thing where and lock picking, obviously, because I'm with you. I. I'm always like I wear a lock picking ring and all that kind of yep. stuff. That's one of the things I carry with me. Um but yeah, I I think that for the for this character cuz I know I'll play with others. For this character, you know, I think he's I think it's adequate for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm building a, a pretty decent character. I mean, my character, obviously, I've told you, yeah, I, I see him as an assassin. So even though I can't find the Assassin's Guild, and even though the Assassin's Guild is trying to kill me uh, for for yeah. no freaking reason, other than I'm <laughs> sure it's part of the story, because that, that happened in Morrowind as well. Um, but... Uh, you know, I like when I get assassin missions that aren't really assassin missions where, like, the Yarl will hire you to go kill everybody in a bandit camp because I use my sneak skill and my bow and stuff, and I'll go into – I'll wait till nighttime. I'll go into a bandit camp at night, and I'll kill, like, 20 bandits while they're sleeping, you know? <laughs> just I'll just go through the camp and be all stealthy, and so I'm having a good time with it. I do, I do miss the smithing, though. I will say one thing I'm also – that's helped me out when I've done crafting my weapons – I have one weapon that I made, which I used to fill up soul soul gems with. Sure. And I would have a mace that anytime I need to run low, I use I use that, fill it up, go out, um, kill a couple wolves, and get that instant quickening every time you kill them, mm. and use that to fill up my uh, my flame sword. Yeah, I use a bow for that. I try. I'm see, not, I always look at Zero Star and just do that quest. I haven't done that yet. I'm terrible when it comes to a bow. Though. Is Azura Star in this game? Yes, it is. All the all the Daedric, as far as I can tell, because I do love a good Daedric quest. Mm. Yeah. Um, I do remember getting one of the, the hidden weapons that was uh, actually available as downloadable content in Oblivion. It was actually told to use that on the guy who helped me craft it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much in this game. Yeah, there's a, yeah. there's a lot. That's true. Well, let me let me ask you let me get guys because I do want to talk a little bit about about favorite moments uh, in the game without giving away too many spoilers. Um, what are what's um you know for somebody who hasn't played and who wants to wants to know what the essence of Oblivion is? I mean, I I sort of gave a little story about how I killed the vampire lord by by figuring out that I could make him weaker to to fire and stuff like that. But what are what are some of your uh, what are some of your moments that you think you'll remember that really endear you to the game? And we'll actually let Marie go first this time since she's probably the farthest along in the game than any of us. <laughs> um, actually, you know, there's two things really that stand out, just pop on the top of my head. One is that um, I was asked by one of the Jarls to uh, kill some giants that had been, I guess, wreaking havoc on the whole. And we all know how, and, uh, how tough giants are. <laughs> oh, my God, they're horrible. <laughs> they're so hard. And so I, <laughs> I use my sneak skills, which I use all the time, even though I'm not an assassin like you. <laughs> Um, 
I used my sneak skills and I found this like basically little little like cup place on the side of the mountain that I could stand <laughs> and basically just shot them with, <laughs> with fireballs <laughs> and they couldn't get to me. <laughs> You know, they, it's kind of like you with the spider. They couldn't get to me. And so that's how I did it. I killed two of them that way because I think I probably could have handled one, but I couldn't handle two. Oh, they're tougher than dragons so, in my, from what I've seen. Uh, they are. Please. Well, they're tougher than some dragons. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, but And so that's one. And then the other thing is, is and I, I assume this is a glitch, but I don't know for a fact. Um, because, I, but I can't figure out why it would happen. But every time I fast travel to Kenneth's Grove, an L, a, uh, a mammoth falls off the side of the mountain in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about it is, the first time it happened, you know, I'm like deep in the game. I've been playing for two hours, three hours. I'm deep in the game. I, the first time it happens, I panic. I go to my menus. I grab my bow and arrow. I'm like, oh god, ja, yeah, no, must be dragon, you know, <laughs> something. <laughs> I, I run around the mammoth. I I look up the side of the mountain. There's nothing up there. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why it does that. But then, like, later, I fast-traveled to Gensgrove again, probably looking for yet another companion. Um, and it happened again. So the good news is is it doesn't fall on me. And <laughs> the other good news is that you can harvest a mammoth husk from us. <laughs> and so that's nice. I think, I think, Marie, that might be a glitch um, involving the PS3, actually, because in one of the DLCs for Fallout New Vegas, um, of course, in New Vegas, you have binoculars and stuff, so you can look ahead. And I noticed that in the Forest Quest, a lot of the monsters would fall out of the sky. It's how the game places them. So if you're, so I think you're just catching up to where they're trying to place the thing, and you're you're seeing that happen. So, except for you know, it's kind of on the side of a hill. I don't know what a mammoth would be doing there. I don't know. I mean, really, it's the mammoth is out of place. The mammoths are usually all on the tundras, mm-hmm. you know, but this is like on a on a slope. You know, going up toward a mountain because it's uh, there's a mine at Kenneth's Grove. It's one of the smelting places that you can turn ore into mm-hmm. ingots. And uh, yeah, for some reason it falls out. It's so funny though. <laughs> Every single time, it's like hilarious. It's like worth fast traveling there just for the mammoth to fall. Out. I will. I will try that. Greg. Greg, what about? Yeah. Really. See the falling mammoth. Greg, what about you? <laughs> some some, some well, one or two memorable moments that you have. Well, um, yeah, well, one time I, I was fighting a dragon, and the dragon was picked a fight with, with a single giant, and I really didn't know that giants were these all-powerful beings, and um, he was going toe-to-toe with the dragon, and meanwhile I was fireballing the dragon, and I don't know, I must have hit the giant or something, or he was in a berserk frenzy or something, and he started coming after me, and I'm, you know, here, stomp, stomp, and I'm like, oh, God, and it's like, and so I, like, I back up, and I try to hit him with a couple of things, and then he hits me with the club, and I swear, I thought I accidentally hit the map screen. I went that high up. It was. It looked like the map screen, but me up in the near distance. Oh, my gosh. It, it really, I'm like... I almost saw the curvature of the planet. <laughs> that, that that guy needs to be a contract man. He'd be a hell of a baseball player or something. And, and earlier, I was walking down the road, like uh, you know, some other part of the world, and a goat like fell from from orbit and died. 
So, you know, and I was like, I didn't know what, what might have caused that. Now I have some idea what might have caused that. Some giant must have kicked it. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go with that. <laughs> Todd, what, what about you? Jeez. I'm nowhere near level either, you know, when it comes to weird stuff like that. <laughs> but, I mean, I've had my moments, namely when um, when I got my first uh, NPC ally, I think, what was her name, Lydia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to go down and look look inside a sarcophagus with her. And it's one of those spiral staircases where only one person can go at a time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like trying to, I'm trying to move her. (laughs) She just will not move at all. I hit her. Nothing happens. (laughs) She just looks at me like saying, what are you doing? And then I decide just to use my unrelenting force on her. Yeah. Shannon at her and sent her flying. <laughs> did, did she survive? <laughs> she survived that, but a few minutes later we found another cave where she got ambushed. Oh. It was killed on contact. Uh, oh. um, she's she. I was fighting on a bridge at a uh, at a fortress with her, and she and she. Uh, this bridge, this really high up, like impossible, you know, three gorges dam bridge that's over a river, and she was going toe to toe with the bandit captain. And she fell off the side, and she actually screamed. Ah! She was falling, and she she, she landed in the river, so she was fine. But it was it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, she's kind of clumsy. She's I leave her at home when I'm trying to do a stealth mission. I don't I don't I don't take her along for that because uh, yeah, she's big old heavy armor, and you can hear her stomping like three caves away. <laughs> oh. I was say unlike Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas, I prefer playing this by myself. So we'll have that incident again. No, I like I like the companions. I don't use her all the time. Yeah, I do too. I use uh I use the archer guy that I helped get the ugly girlfriend that looks like a guy in a dress in that first town, and so he follows me all the time. So, in fact, he likes me so much that I pay him for archery training, and then I go, can I carry some stuff for you? And then I take the money back out of his inventory, <laughs> so I get free training because he likes me so much. I guess. Oh my god. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Because I I pay, I paid him like two thousand gold, and then. When I asked him to carry stuff for me, one of the selectable items is all the gold I just gave him. So I just take it back. So, oh, bug alert. No, it's it's nice. It's it says actually in the in the instructions that if companions really like you, if you've really helped them out, that but it does sound it sounds almost like the vampire glitch in Oblivion. Oh well, maybe I I don't know. When you stay in that house, go there every night. You always get like a thousand dollars. Well, I mean, if if they really wanted it to be because he liked you. They would just train you for free. Yeah. I guess. I guess I could see that. Um, real quick, because I don't want. I don't want the show to go on. I mean, it seems to, seems to be like we all like it. Have any of you done any of the romance quests? Because I hear you can marry about anybody in the game, or at least a large subset of people. Has anybody done anything with that? I haven't been able to find the amulet that's supposed to allow you to do that. Okay. I mean, I hear you can even like yeah. marry Lydia and stuff, but I can't find the. I can't. Yeah, I think you can marry any of the companions. Hmm. I mean, yeah. they're they're totally you know simpatico with whatever you want to do, but um, I haven't. I saw. I thought it was the amulet of Mara, and I saw that for sale somewhere, but it didn't say anything about. Um, this will get you girls or guys. <laughs> yeah, it didn't say anything about relationships. It just said it was it gave you more health or something. Supposedly, when you're wearing the amulet, it opens up new dialogue choices with people. 
Um, but mm. like I say, I haven't. Well, see, I would love that because I'm a bigamist in Fable and love it. <laughs> <laughs> and when the guy threatens only a bigamist. Fable, you know, in Fable Two, when the guy sends you the letter, the threatening letter, like I'm going to tell all your spouses that you're. Mm-hmm. A bigamist, and I just let it go because I got distracted by something else, and then I that makes you even more famous. <laughs> well, like, hey, you know, everybody loves you so much, you got three spouses. <laughs> awesome. That's funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can have more than one or or how it works, but um, I'm, I'm trying. Like I say, if anyone finds the amulet, let, let us know. Um, you, uh, you can write us at uh, gin lounge at gameindustry dot com. Say I found the amulet and it was here, and then we'll all run there and do the romance quest. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we totally will too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I put the Skyrim show last because there's so much content in it. I mean, like, um, and I, I wanted to, but, but you know, if we waited until we were all finished with the game, I mean, the show would probably never get done. I mean, it just seems so freaking. The the three words or the two words that I would say really describe Skyrim are massive content. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, there's just the amount of stuff you can do. When I first started playing the game and I saw the map and they kind of play this trick on you, like this is the map and I didn't know you could scroll around and look at other places. I'm like, oh, okay, the world's not that big. And then as you discover more and more places, the map gets bigger and bigger <laughs> yeah. and bigger. Yeah. And you're like, do any thing. of you have the, the, the official guide? No. No. Nope. no. Is it worth I don't like okay. playing with official guides if I can help it. Well, mostly the reason I got it is because I wanted the map. Mm. Uh, that would be cool, and probably has really cool artwork in it, too. It does. But, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's tiny. The artwork is tiny because it is 655 pages long. Oh, oh. Good lord! You wouldn't – because I actually thought about the artwork thing, too. I was like, you know, I bet they have really cool art. And they do, but it's all fairly small because there's so much content. Yeah, all the all the guides – the guide for Morrowind and Oblivion was pretty big, too. I don't know if it was 600 pages. Well, you have the guide and you can't find the amulet? <laughs> I haven't looked it up. I actually don't generally use the guide for anything that I haven't done because I don't like to spoil myself. Right, right. But, like, for instance, I have a terrible memory, so, like, I couldn't remember – where I left the guy that I wanted to hire that I didn't have enough money, but then I went back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I use it for stuff like that, so I only look up stuff I've done. Okay. Well, maybe maybe cheat and look up the page with the amulet and let us know. <laughs> yes. I will if I don't come across it pretty soon because I'm, I'm – I really want to do that. Yeah, well, just give us a general town or, you know, western Skyrim, something. In the vicinity of the reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the snow is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Near the, it's somewhere near a mountain. It's besides – it's between the dragon and the and the giant camp. <laughs> uh, so let me ask this as a way of a final question. Um, so we've – this is the final uh, – well, probably the final of the potential Game of the Year shows, which, again, doesn't really mean anything other than – you know, these are ones that we think might might work. But um, Todd, what what do you think is? Do you, I mean, are we a weird subset of players because we're because well, a lot of us are like former role players and things like that. I mean, you're probably the most generalist as far as you know. You're not like a geeky role player. You know, you don't play Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. And you're still playing it. So, I mean, do you think that that means is that do you, do you think that Skyrim is going to be game of the year? I mean. The fact that modern war, a modern warfare game could be defeated for game of the year is like unthinkable. But but what do you think Skyrim's chances are? Uh, uh, am I the right person to even say this? Because I'm going to be doing an entire episode of Gamer Geeks about our best of the worst of the year. Yeah, I think so. you're the perfect person to answer that question. Uh, it's I mean, the when I pick a game of the year, it's usually based on how much I play of it. If I want to go back to it, 
if it has anything that completely wowed me. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think Skyrim's done all three of them. <laughs> and as I said, I'm currently 40 hours in, and I know I've only scratched the surface. Oh, barely, yeah. 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 Uh, in Modern Warfare 3, I finished the uh, single player in 10 hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll go back and play through it again. Uh, but um, something like Skyrim, though, I mean, there's just so much to do, and God help us when DLC comes out. I mean, I don't even know if anyone will even be interested in a DLC because they won't be finished playing the core game by the time DLC comes out. That's, like that's what I need, more about, content. That's what they said about Oblivion. Remember when Shivering Isles came out, that had, what, another 30 hours of the game? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, Shivering Isles was cool. What do you- All the Fallout DLC? <laughs> I'm scared to see what Skyrim's going to be like. I, I don't know. We'll see. They've impressed us so far, so maybe they'll do it again. Greg, what do you think? What do you think uh, Skyrim's chances are? Well, uh, I think Skyrim's chances are pretty good. I haven't had a chance to play Modern Warfare uh, yet, um, so I can't really compare it. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's one of the best ones to come out this year, definitely. It's, it's, it's chances are very good. Okay. And Marie, what do you think? Well, you know, actually, in a, in a way, I think you, you misinterpret my gameplay because I am like, Todd, I can't stand those turn-based things where you have to wait and wait and wait, and then you get to – you have to pick what everybody's doing, and then you have to watch, and then they do it, and they kill you. I hate that. So – Someone but, agrees with me. Well, it's because it's annoying. I, it takes me out of the game. It, it, How I, it are you supposed ruins to my – you know, experience. So anyway – um, I'm I'm not much of an RPG player, um, and though I married a D&D guy, I never was much of a player. Um, but I love these games, and you know, if if I chose Game of the Year, it would win right now. <laughs> um, it would have won before it even came out. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I I think it's got a very good chance. Um, and you know, the the really good news is. It doesn't matter who gets Game of the Year. We have had some great games come out this year. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah, and that's just win, win, win. Yeah, I think um, I think Todd, you'd probably agree with that, right? I mean, your your oh, best of God, list God. is going to be hard this year, I think. <laughs> yeah, usually um, it's hard to find the worst of list. Hmm. This year it's a different story because there's so much good stuff. I mean, stuff that's uh, come out, stuff that wasn't even released, stuff that was stuff that was banned eventually. Hmm. I mean, I think you know where I'm going on that mm-hmm. one. But there has been some amazing titles this year. That's cool. Well, um, to our listeners, uh, let us know what you guys think um, about Skyrim, about Game of the Year. Um, you can email us at uh, ginloungeatgameindustry.com. Of course, we're always at uh, uh, www.gameindustry.com is our main our main page. And, Marie, where are, are we? <laughs> we're on Twitter at the Gin Lounge. And we are on Facebook at Game Industry. And uh, we're also on YouTube now. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, With Game Industry News, all one word. Okay, well, cool. We'll check us out in all those places. Guys, thank you so much. Um, I know for at least two of the three of you, I pulled you away from playing Skyrim to do the show. So, <laughs> so thanks. So, Got to get back. So thanks for that. I'll let, I'll let you get back. And uh, as Todd said, I'll let you, you get back to your inner Beowulf. And uh, we will see you all right here next, next time in the Gin Lounge. Take care, everybody.